0: Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Man, thank you, Matthew. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Can we turn these lights on right here? So we can all be... Let there be light. And... No? Mm -mm. Just a knob. Okay, well, I'll wait for you to get that. Um, All right, well, good morning. my name is Pastor Tracy Eckert, more of a prophet. Most of you know that about me. Amen? Yes. Um, my job description is uh, to raise up an army to the Lord because he is the Lord of hosts and he's looking for a beautiful bride that knows how to battle in the days ahead. But we don't battle against flesh and blood, right? But against powers, principalities, and all those stinking demons, right? So uh, you may ask yourself if you're new, but you're a woman. Well, um, that's right. I'm a woman raising up an army of men and women. And, um, and I just want to encourage you, um, if that's kind of uh, different for you, I just want to encourage you to read about Deborah in the Bible or maybe Esther in the Bible. Um, these are women that stood in the gap and they raised up and saved uh, God's people in an hour of need. So, and in the New Testament, we've got Phoebe and uh, Junia, Priscilla, all of these strong women who um, went forth and, and, uh, and advanced God's kingdom. Amen? Yes. Now, I don't know why I said that, but I think somebody here needed to hear it. All right, so happy Father's Day. Hi. So I want you to raise your hand, and look, you got to be honest with this question. I want you to raise your hand if you had the perfect dad. Raise your hand. You had the perfect dad. Okay, no hands. So we're all kind of in the same boat. We all, uh, you know, and even the best dads fell short of our father in heaven, right? So we've got several generations in America, and I'm just going to talk to America because, I mean, I lived in Mexico for two years, but I really couldn't speak to that culture so much but but we we have a fatherless issue fatherlessness is what we're seeing in the streets and fatherlessness is what we're seeing in the hearts of the youth in America but it's really not just in the hearts but it's also in my generation um and so there's a lot of things that have happened over the last 100 years that and I won't go through all of that because that's not what the message is about today. But it's landed us where we are today. But we know that this is going to be a sign of the generation. It's going to be the condition of the generation before the Lord's return. Because he said, before I return, that the spirit of Elijah will be poured out to return the hearts of the fathers to the children. And the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, right? So we know we're in that season because we can look and spot fatherlessness because uh, a, a, a whole generation of orphans that are saying, I, I'm, I'm mad, I'm sad, I'm abandoned, I'm neglected, I'm hurting, therefore I'm going to wreck shop, right? So I I've really been thinking about this because... And 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 because of everything that we're seeing, and you know, I've been talking about the truth and the truth and the truth, and I've tried to bring some correction to some 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 lies and deception that the enemy has been feeding us. And um, but I really am feeling the heart of storehouse is weary. Um, you know, it's good to be brought into the light, but that doesn't necessarily change what's happening in the circumstances around us. So when you get punched in the face time and time and time and time and time and time and time, time again, with, with all of these things that you actually had nothing to do with, it's just the condition of the earth shaking, and God is shaking everything that can be shaken, and he's even shaking us. The church is primarily what God is after right now, in his shaking, It's you, because he's looking to see what kind of foundation you have, what kind of foundation I have. And so I want to pray for us right now before I even give my message, because I feel like you almost can't even hear it because you're so weary from the shaking, from the deception, from, you know, watching the news and every day it's like there's something new can i get an amen Amen. because we have a perfect father who has everything that we need but let me just break off some weariness okay so just close your eyes holy spirit would you come now i ask you in the name of jesus that you would break off that heaviness and that weariness on everyone here and everyone at home father that your holy spirit would come i ask for paddles in the holy in the in the spirit realm to hit our hearts and ignite a strengthening and an awakening in your people god father i ask now that everything that has weighed us down would you come and remove it out of our hearts even the places where we realize that there's truth, God, even where that truth has caused us to be weary, would you come and resurrect our hearts again? Would you come and, and strengthen us again? Would you come and pour out your love to comfort us again? In Jesus' name, amen. 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 All right. So um, this summer, we're going to have a summer of love. Does that sound like fun? Amen. Amen. So I'm going to be doing a series on abiding in love. Um, today is going to be the first part of that series, and today is called the ultimate reality of the kingdom: abiding in love. Um, and so I'm gonna—I'm not going to give up on the truth bombs that I so dearly love as a prophet, because I can't stand a lie, I can't stand deception. So my truth bombs you're going to be able to find on social media. That means Facebook, Instagram, TV. Um, YouTube and I think there's an uh, and Twitter. So I'm going to be talking, and I'm going to be releasing graphs. I'm going to, you know, the minute they say something, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit, and I'm gonna I'm gonna address whatever it is that the media is on what propaganda the media is throwing out there. Okay, Amen. So if you want that, you're going to have to follow me on one of those channels, and I may say something here from this pulpit, but anyway. All right. The ultimate reality of the kingdom, the spirit's first agenda, the spirit's first agenda is the first commandment. That's his first agenda with his people. And it is the first place in God's church. God chose the church. Now, a lot of you may be like, well, I don't like the church, you know, the church, blah, blah, blah. Well, let me tell you what, God chose the church as his vehicle to save the earth. Because he knew not only did they need to be saved, but also they needed to be discipled. They need to be taught the ways of the kingdom so that they could walk in the ways of the kingdom so that they could save more people. And that's just how it works. Now, granted, the church has gotten a little, um, it's, it's gotten a little lukewarm but it's still the vehicle. And God is not finished with his church. And before he comes at the end of the age, his church will look just like him. Yeah. And so we're in process. We don't want to despise the process. But we're like, okay, church, hang on. Because things are changing and things are moving. Which is good. So uh, today I want to focus on something God, sa- uh, Jesus said In uh, Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 and 38, Jesus said this, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. So I'm teaching about this because one of my spiritual daughters came up to me and she said, You know, I love what we're talking about. I love that, that we're all coming into agreement about the truth. But I feel like and I felt this way, I felt a real weariness on, on you. And so it's like, she asked me the question, how have you been able to stand all of this time like in a posture of advancing the kingdom and not a posture of I'm just gonna crawl in my bed and put the covers over my head and try to wait until this is over? Or how have you not gotten depressed? or heavy. You know, I mean honestly, you can look at some of what's going on in the streets and I mean, I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anybody punch someone else in the face or kick someone in the head. I mean, it's it's heartbreaking. So how do we how do we as as the church continue to be strengthened in our inner man? We have a strong mind, we have a strong inner man, we have a strong body. How do we continue to do that? And really, it is this. It is this first commandment. It is abiding in love and abiding in Christ. But as the body, as, as the church, we don't, you know, that's, that's unfamiliar language. I mean, what is abiding exactly? And so I really want to talk about that, and I want to do a deep dive about it because I want us to stay strong. I want us to stay in peace And I want our foundations to be unshaken, even though everything around us is shaking. And one of the things that I learned so clearly is that, um, how many of you, when you first got saved, people started talking to you about Psalm 91? I mean, was I the only one? It was like Psalm 91, Psalm 91, Psalm 91. And I remember when I first started the house of prayer, and when I first started the house of prayer, it was a house of prayer of one. It was just me. And so um, they said, oh, we have got to declare all of Psalm 91, and you have to put it in first person. And so I didn't know how to abide in Christ. I didn't know. I just thought Psalm 91 was something that you said, and that if I said it, then it would happen. I didn't realize I actually had to do it in action for it to happen. Okay. So so I'm just going to flip there real fast, um, and you can turn with me, or uh, I'll just read it for you. So Psalm 91, the beauty of Psalm 91, Psalm 65, wrong way, okay, is, is, is it says here in verse 1, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. If you are abiding under the shadow, that's a really good place to be. Abiding under the shadow, and, and then it, and, and and then it goes on to say, "I will say of the Lord, He is my fortress, my God, in whom I trust." So, so when I'm a, ab- uh, the fruit of abiding is that I'm trusting. I'm trusting. I have so many people that say to me, "Well, I don't, I don't know how to follow the voice of the Lord because I don't know if I'm hearing the voice of the Lord." Well, what happens is when you're abiding, you're trusting what you're hearing. You're trusting what you're hearing. You're like, ah, okay, I've heard that voice before. I think it's me, but it sounds like the Lord. So I'm just going to trust what I'm hearing, what I believe I'm hearing from the Lord, and I'm going to follow that. Amen? So, uh, and then I want you to look here in verse 14 on uh, Psalm 91. Because he has set his love upon me, I be you, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high. And so all of us want to be delivered. We want to be set on high. We want to be protected from the pestilence. 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but it's not going to come near you, blah, 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 blah. Right? We all want that. But none of us are really, we're like, no, we just want to quote the scripture. We don't want to actually abide. But, but this is one of those if and then. If you abide, then you will benefit from the rest of Psalm 91. So abiding is a good thing, abiding in his love. So this scripture reveals the character of God. When I read the Bible, when I read God's word, I don't just read a story, but I'm actually reading a man. This is the testimony of Jesus. Jesus came. This is all in the the Old Testament and the New Testament is Jesus. Jesus was in the, he he was in the Old Testament, several places, bam, he shows up, a pre-incarnate Christ, bam, he shows up. But basically, all of this book is about the life of Jesus Christ. And he said, it is done. Now, he starts a life in each one of us. And so the testimony of the Jesus, of Jesus now gets multiplied in each one of us. So you're gonna overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony, right? And so in these places where we have hardship, how do I overcome? Well, Jesus is still alive and well, and greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And I love the song that um, Bethany sang. That, By the way, can I just get a hand for that song? That's her song. <laughs> oh, ow, ow! there you are, girl, in the back of the room. Well, basically, that song is just, it's, a, it's doctrine, and she's prophesying that, 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 we need to be taken into the wilderness so we can get Babylon out of us. We live in Babylon, but Babylon should not be in us. And if Babylon is is in us, Babylon out there is going to have a hook to bring us back and forth, back and forth. And so we're going to be like crazy people. I don't know if you've ever done that, but I did that for a good part of my Christian career, you know, or my Christian life. I was still had one foot over in Babylon, which is the culture of this age, the culture of, of America, the culture of the Western world. And so I had my foot over there, but I have my other foot over here in the church. And, man, talk about difficulty trying to enter into the kingdom. You can't. you got to be all the way in. And that's why uh, uh, Lindsay, when she was prophesying, it's like he's knocking at the door. Let me in. Let me in. Uh, You've got to come all the way in. So Jesus answered the question about which commandment is the greatest, and he said... I'm going to answer this question, and I'm going to tell you that I've come to fulfill the law with the law of love. Now, the law has gone, and I've written it on your hearts. I've written it in a place where you and I can connect emotionally because I'm an emotional God that wants intimacy with my people. I am a father. I am not just a God without the O in the middle. I am not this distant God, but I am actually a a God that you can draw near to. You can come close to me. And so he talks about this first commandment and he says, this is the commandment is that is the one that is the nearest and dearest to my heart. And it will never, ever, 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 ever say ever Ever. for all eternity. This is the centerpiece of God's heart, which is his love. And, and what happens is that when we focus on the gifts and when we focus on all that God can do for us, we actu- and we put that as a primary um, objective of ours, a primary focus, we actually will get caught up and tossed about and, and actually won't be grounded and rooted in the place of love. Okay? Love God with all your heart, your soul, your strength, your mind. The highest priority. This is the highest priority to God, and it will be forever. to Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 6, verse 1. This is what God told Moses after he gave him all the commandments. <clears throat> he said this. This is absolutely my first priority in this age and the age to come. You will never have a greater calling than to enter into this reality. So verse 1, now this is the commandment and these are the statutes and judgments which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land which you are crossing over to possess. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something, beloved? Right now you are crossing over. Right now you are crossing over. See, uh, the church said, no, 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 I want revival to come in a package that I don't have to do any work. I want revival to come. I don't want to actually have to take the promised land. I want the promised land to be given to me. But God is saying, no, church, you've got to learn how to go in and take what it is that I promised to you. Because right now the harvest is ripe. And I can tell you there is a revival happening in Minneapolis as we speak. So you look at these places where the enemy went in, and I'm telling you, that is the place of promise. We just got to get out of our seats and go in and get those fish. I mean, even my granddaughter caught like a four, she's like nine or eight. How old is she, baby? Margaret, she's eight. I can't keep track. I have 13. Anyway. She's eight, she caught like a three-pound bass. Like she stuck her, her, her hook in, and this was so prophesying. And, and it, it, it was like, what, five minutes? Not even five minutes. She caught a fish, three-pound bass. She's just like, I think I have a log. You should have seen that, that boat over. But I'm telling you, that's going to be the way it is. Like Matthew said, we just got to get out there and open our mouth. Amen? All right, verse 2, that you may fear the Lord. To keep all of his statutes and his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson, all of the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. Therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it well with you, and that you may multiply greatly as the Lord God of your fathers has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord God, the Lord is one. You shall love. God, with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your strength, and these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. So he's saying there is, back in Deuteronomy, he's like, ma'am, I just gave it to you, but let me read this one particular commandment because it's associated with the promised land. It's associated with the promise. It's associated with the blessings of provision. Everything that you need lies within this truth of love. Because the truth in love does what? Sets you free. Love does what? Covers a multitude of sins. That's right. And love casts out all fear. all fear. Man. Love does kind of the heavy lifting, right? Amen. So the command to love God with all of your heart doesn't begin with us, but it begins with God. Here's the thing. I cannot love God in my own strength. I can only love God when it's initiated by God. Because I have the Holy Spirit in me, it takes God to love God. Amen? Amen. The ultimate reality of the kingdom that existed long before the creation of the world was this. There was a love affair already happening before we were born. Before creation, there was a love affair happening between the triune God. So the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit were already having a deep, intimate connection and relationship. And out of that love came creation. I'm in, so, I'm in love, therefore, I've got to multiply. I mean, Matthew and Aisha are a prime example of that. John and I have seven kids. We really love each other, Okay. I've got 13 grandkids. What happens with love is love has to have a home. It has to have an, a, a, an external expression. That's the beauty of love is that love cannot be contained, but it has to be shared. And so the triune God said, oh, man, man, we just got to find an expression for the way we feel about each other. And there was no need for someone else there was just a desire. There was a longing. Love has a longing. Love, and I, you know, it's so funny because I was thinking this morning about men who so love their girlfriends that they want to make them their wives. They love them so much, they're like, I gotta go buy a ring. So it's like I got to work extra hard so I can pay for a ring because I adore this woman with all my heart. And so it's that kind of love that says, it's, I'm just going to sacrifice. I'm going to do whatever I can to, to make her my own. And so the, uh, God, the triune God began all of creation. And in their finest work, they said, but we're going to reserve ourselves for man. For humanity, so they created humanity, and they were like, now we're going to make them in our image, and we're going to bring another into this relationship. Now we've got all of creation, and so all of creation will display our love, but this man and this woman will be the culmination of our love, and seeing them together, the whole world will be in awe of our love and who we are through them. That's why the family is being attacked. That's why the gender confusion, if they can come in and confuse the image of the beauty of God, then how will they know to love God as he truly is? Amen? Amen. We can see God's love in creation, but we are the ultimate creative recipient of his love. God dwells in fellowship with the Godhead in perfect love. God, the Father, loves the Son with all of his mind and all of his heart. God, the Son, loves the Spirit with all of his strength. And the Spirit loves the Father with all of his mind. It really is the perfect triune expression. And I want you to think about that. I want you to think about how they love each other because how they love each other is exactly how they love you. It is exactly how the Father loves you. And one of the things that, uh, being a pastor now for 15 years, one of the things that I've noticed is a lot of us Are like I'm going to give God my whole heart, my whole, all my love, all my strength, all my, and so we've got that part down. But then there's something within us that rejects because we've been hurt in love by our fathers or our mothers. We reject him loving us. We'll give you love, but we're going to shut off our hearts and I think Lindsay was really hitting that this morning so beautifully in prophecy when she was talking about him knocking at our door and we've shut our hearts off to actually receiving his love and I've seen this over and over and over and over in the, in the body of Christ that I, 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 can, I can serve him, I can work for him All of that, but when it comes to actually receiving his love, that's where you start to get uncomfortable, and that's where it gets hard. All right, turn in your Bibles to uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, all the way to the back. Verse 16. And we have known the love of God the love of God has for us God is love and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him and we have known and believed the love that God has for us God is love and he who abides in love abides in God this is um, again what I was talking about they knew That God loved them. And because they knew that God loved him, not just that they were supposed to do something. You see, the thing about this commandment is this commandment is not like a rule. You can't look at it even though it's a commandment. You can't say, I'm going to do it just because I have to. It has to be there has to be a heart connection with it, and we have to be awakened in our heart to love God. So, so when I, when the way that my schedule is, the way that my life is set up, I've set up my life in a way that allows this reality in my life. The reality of loving God, you can see it because of my schedule. You can see it's a reality. Because of my money. You can see it's reality because of my choices. You can see it's a reality because of, of, of holiness. And I, I don't do it because I have to. I do it because I desire to. Because not only do I love God, honor God, fear God, but I've allowed myself to believe that he loves me. And it's in that believing that he loves me that my heart began to get transformed on the inside so the things that go on on the outside don't have the same hook to pull me into that drama. Okay? When I say that God is love... The very essence of how he thinks is love. The essence of how he feels is love. He thinks with a burning love. He feels with a burning love. When, when I read the scriptures and even preparing this message, I can tell you, just reading some of these scriptures, my heart got connected to the word, and I began to weep over the word. Because it, 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 it created a response in me. God's word should touch us in a way that is so deeply burning with emotion that, that it it creates it, it demands a response and it's not something you work up, but it's something that you just naturally go, Oh it's so good, you're so good. So we know about God's power and we know about God's wisdom, but God uses his power and wisdom to express his love. Nowhere does it say that God is wisdom, and nowhere does it say that God is power. It says he is love. God is love, therefore... When he uses his power, when he uses his wisdom, it's to express the fullness of his love, which is why you overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Why? Because you just got hit with power and wisdom, which created a testimony in you, but it was birthed in love, therefore it has power to overcome. Amen? (laughs) (laughs) all right so that is the purpose as a matter of fact his judgments are all about removing everything that hinders love and this was this really was hard for me when I was first a believer because I thought how could a good God judge his people And I remember hearing Mike Bickle say, God's judgments are true and they are right. And what happens is he brings his judgments to remove all of the things that hinder love. Because his goal is to perfect us in love so that we look like him. Because he knows that that if we will respond in the way that he tells us to respond, our hearts actually will grow in love. Because when you're first saved, your heart, you know, the human heart is the size of your fist. Some people have bigger fists than others, okay? But the size of your heart, I actually did a, a, I was science fair when I was a teenager on the human heart. Um, But anyway, so your heart is the size of a fist. But but in reality, the spirit comes into your heart, and my heart was shut down over all of the trauma that I had experienced in my life. So when I first got saved, I loved God with all of my heart, with, uh, with all of my heart. The problem was, I didn't have a whole lot of heart to love. But I didn't know that because I was loving him with all of my heart, but I didn't realize that like 80% of my heart had atrophied over the years. Can I get an amen? And then the Holy Spirit goes in and he just takes that little bitty seed in my heart and he begins to water it. And he begins to water it and he begins to water it. And all of a sudden my heart begins, and I get deliverance. As John says, he and I have been through more deliverance than a Friday night pizza. (laughs) Yes. This is a house of sinners, and so the, the church is for the broken. It's not for the healthy, okay? It's for those who are sick. Amen? Right. So we got delivered, and then we got delivered again, and then we got delivered again just peeling back that onion, and then we got inner healing, and then, you know, so we cried a lot. Poor sojourn church, right? Carrie Moore, I was a mess. Um, but it's interesting how the Lord uses heartache to help our hearts grow in love. It's kind of weird. It's not the way I would choose to do it. I would be like, okay, I'm going to give you an endless credit card and send you to the mall so your heart will grow in love. Amen, ladies? Woo! Go to Nordstrom's without a mask. It'd be like, I think I'm going to go shopping today, and I think I'm growing in love. But that's not the way he chose to do it. What he did is he said, listen, what happens a lot of time is prayer will help you grow in love, abiding grows in love, you know, uh, staring at the Lord will grow in love, but also discipline will help you grow in love. And so will the judgments of the Lord help you grow in love. So amen is right. So you are not duty-bound to love him. It is all about love, and it would be like me being duty-bound to love John. I mean, that's no fun. As I I posted this week, I I do not want a... uh, No. Yeah, he is a lot of man. That's right. Amen. (laughs) Come on. That man knows how to wield an axe. (laughs) And he he fixes my dishwasher. No, I don't, want, I don't want a roommate marriage. And God didn't create us to have roommate marriages. He created us to have deep and passionate love where we are, we're going towards the same goal. We love each other deeply and passionately as friends and as lovers. And he does that because it's, it's how we are created and we're created in his image. So one foundational premise in scripture is that God loves us with the same intensity that God loves God and we must abide and stay focused on this reality. John 15:9 says as the Father loved me I have also loved you abide in my love. So you've got this thing going us to get a handle on how could the God of the universe that loves his son, God so loved the world that he gave his son who he loves more than anything else. He gave his son. And so so getting that right in our hearts is really going to help us to be sustained in the days ahead. Okay. All right. So I want to tell you, I've got five distinct ex- expressions that are deeply interrelated about the father's heart. Number one. The Father's love for himself, that's the first thing. Each person in the Trinity intensely loves the others with all of their heart. Number two, the Father's love for his children. He loves his kids with all of his heart, mind, and strength. He loves the redeemed with the same intensity that he loves the fellowship of the Trinity. Now, think about that. You're stepping into, when you're in that place of prayer, when you're reading your word, you are literally stepping into a conversation that's going on between the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And why wouldn't you pray? I mean, that's the coolest thing ever. And then you get brought into the secrets of the universe. It's better than, like... I don't know, any kind of superhero you can imagine. You know, it's better than Thor. It's better than any of these... I love Thor. He's my favorite. Okay, I got to tell you, the hammer thing just gets me the the rainbow bridge. I'm like, this guy is the coolest. The cape. And I mean, I'm not going to... Let's not lie, ladies. Let You know, Thor. But this is cooler than that because... You got a God of the universe that said, you're made in my image, and I'm going to give you authority and power, and I'm going to let you access a love that is beyond human capacity. And then when you go out, this love is the thing that transforms other people. They get touched by your love, and it touches them. And it's like me touching them, but you're touching them. Amen? So what was happening with Matthew this weekend, what's happening in Minneapolis and all these places where people are, you know, blowing up cars and whatnot, is that God is sending his messengers into these places so they can be encountered with God's love. And it's a supernatural love. And they're like, what? They've got Muslims in in Minneapolis that are saying yes. They've got Buddhists that are saying yes to Christ. So this is what he's looking for. The Father's love for His children. Number three, our love for the Father. God's very own love is imparted to His children by His Spirit. Number four, our love for ourselves. We love ourselves in the Father's love and for the Father's sake. Number five, our love for others. Um, I got to tell you something. I know a lot of people who are trying to love other people, but they actually don't love their, themselves. And so their love is... Scale, and I actually experienced this myself you know I, I was like uh, growing in love and I thought I was like a 10 but in fact kind of like my backyard I was a two <laughs> and I'm like but I you know I'm funny and I have a good personality so and I'm, I'm thinking I'm communicating love or I think I'm giving love but actually my love was shallow and it was self-serving and so I'm gonna love you if x y and z I didn't just love out of the overabundance of my love for the Father, and that wasn't spilling on anybody. And so my relationships were shallow because of that. And so they didn't have any depth in them because I didn't have any depth in the Lord. But as I grew in depth in love with the Lord, I actually grew in depth of love with other people because I valued them and I saw them the way that God did, not the way that I needed them to do something for me. I'm just being honest. Yes, that was me. Shallow Hal or Shallow Tracy. So I've identified five expressions of the heart. They are so deeply intertwined with one another that you can't really separate them. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up because we're already at 1222 and I always see 2222s. But here's here's what I do want to leave you with. Abiding in... God, and we're going to be talking about this all summer. So, we're going to be talking about abiding in the vine. We're going to spend a lot of time in John chapter 14, 15, 16, and 17 because it was really important to him. And it's about being, um, to coming into one with God and, and being united with Him so we can be united with one another. But abiding in love is really meditating on love and meditating on the Word. And not just, like I said, stories, but we begin to really uh, meditate on these, this good report of how much he loves us. And spending time to say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to open the door for you to walk into this place in my heart where I was so traumatized by my own father, whatever the situation is, or I was abused by this person or that person or the other person. And, and again, like Bethany said, we, we have to get Babylon out of us. We've got to get the confusion, and we've got to get the, the, all of that out of us so that the external circumstances don't have power over us. Okay, so we don't shake when the shaking is shaking. Okay, we'll just leave it there. All right, so here's what I want to do. Um, I actually have another six pages. Woo! This morning was going to be so fun, but, it, but I think I'm supposed to pray for trauma, okay? Just trauma over what's been going on over the last three months. So um, let's stand. I just want to break some of that trauma off, and um, so we're going to have a great summer. We're going to have a summer of love. Y'all ready for a summer of love? Y'all ready for some hope and some good news? That you are loved with an everlasting love. And God gave his only son because of you. It's personal. If it were just you, he would have done it. If it was just you and nobody else, he would do it. And every day he stands. Well, or seated. I guess he's seated at the right hand of the Father. And so he's seated every day and he's saying, come, come. I want to tell you how much I love you. I want to tell you that my thoughts about you are as many as the sands in the sea, that I've counted the hairs on your head. I am so invested in your heart. I, am, I, am, I love what my pastor used to say, Terry Moore. He said, God is more able to lead you than you are to follow him because of the way that he loves you he is so invested in you growing in love and he knows just how to do it come to me all you who are weary and heavy laden and i will give you rest amen so father i ask right now in the name of jesus would you come